0: You ready to pray? Ready to get around the word? Cool. Why don't you stand with me? I forgot my water. Can you pass my water up, please? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we're here in your house together. This is our home. This is where we belong. And I pray, pray particularly this morning for those that don't feel like they belong. God, I pray that what, what's on my heart, what I want to share this morning will speak to those. I pray for those of us that do feel we fit. God, I pray that even, even in our as we fit, God, I pray that we will take it upon ourselves to find those that don't fit and make it our responsibility to help them fit in, to belong, to make this home. Pray for those that don't know Jesus, especially. I pray across everything we do this morning, God, that you will speak to them and that they will give you their attention. Amen. Amen. Why don't you grab your seats? So this morning, I want to get into some deep, deep theology. Are you ready to go? Have you got your notebooks out? You ready for this? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you'd even say it glows. I don't know why I'm reading this. I've known this for many years, but I'm still going to read it in case I get it wrong and someone comes up and says, oh, you got Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer wrong. And all the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. Then one foggy, no, foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? This is the bit. Have you ever struggled with the next few lines? Then all the reindeer loved him. You fickle bunch of reindeer. Wow. But then all the reindeer loved him as they shouted out with glee, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, you'll go down in history. So don't tell me we don't get into the meat of the word here at church. See, Rudolph, as we know, didn't fit in. It was just a little joke. You can smile with me. It's okay. Stay with me. Rudolph didn't fit in can I let you into a bit of my life? I often feel like I don't fit in. And I felt like that over many, many years. And there are many, many reasons and many things that I could focus on that would cause that feeling to grow. And not just the feeling of being a misfit not fitting in, but allowing that. And I loved what Dee was saying. You know, we often make decisions. We make decisions on our emotions. It's, it's, it's researched. We know that. But I could, I could make decisions on my feeling like I don't fit, on me feeling like I, I don't belong here. I... There are some of these things that you might think, that's not you. It is me. I just choose mostly to get over it. Do you you use the word mingling here? Do you know what it means? It's like a a shallow form of visiting. I find that really difficult. I struggle with it. I I look at Cam. Anyone know Cam? Cam's one of our board members. He is awesome. And he just... He just swans around. <laughs> Have you noticed Paul Morgan does exactly the same? He just swans around like a social butterfly and, hello, how are you? And I'm, I'm struggling to get words out beyond the, hey, nice to see you. I struggle with that. I was rubbish at football in a school that was obsessed with football. And for many years, I felt like I'd missed the call of God on my life because of my own stupidity, my own sin. There are times when I go through periods of what I would term despondency. I feel insecure at times, and I feel inadequate as well. And then, and I was talking to the staff a bit about this on on Tuesday, coming into an incredible, strongly connected staff team And following two pastors with a combined total of 60 years of senior leadership ministry between them. Wow, did I struggle. And I felt, and I've got to admit, still sometimes do feel like a misfit. And it's easy to be misunderstood, and it's easy to make decisions and respond out of those feelings. Anyone with me? Anyone understand what I'm saying? You can just nod and go, yeah, yeah. We do, don't we? We feel and we respond, and sometimes, not necessarily in the situation, but we carry, we carry the weight of previous rejection into some of those situations. So can I ask you, and I don't want a show of hands, I'm not asking for that, but just you know, be able to say to yourself, yeah, that's me. Have you felt like a misfit at some stage in your job, in in your friendship group, in your family? Maybe, Maybe here in this church. Often, the problem is not being a misfit. It's what we can do to try and fit in, or it's how we respond to those feelings. Last week, we started a series called I Belong Here, but what if we don't feel like we belong? And that's, that's really what I want to address today. I read this on Facebook. It was quite a while ago, but it, it, it stuck with me. I feel like I don't belong anywhere, and all I have ever wanted is a family, a family that cares and understands and someone to never give up on me, even when I give up on myself. I want someone to care, and I honestly don't deserve it, but I desperately want it. Honestly, the feeling of not belonging, the feeling of being lost is horrendous. Wow. Wow. You see, that person feels a misfit almost in every situation, and and responding to that, to others, with that feeling. But I think most of us at some stage. Feel a misfit, either either now, most of the time, or go through stages of it. And what does the Bible say about misfits? Because that's where we've got to go for how we respond and how we bring ourselves back to truth, how how we deal with our feelings. You see, Moses, the greatest leader that the Israelites looked to, the Egyptians didn't want him, and the children of Israel didn't want him. King David wasn't deemed good enough by his dad to be in the lineup for anointing by the prophet. Rahab was a prostitute. You can imagine all the sorts of rejection and feelings of not fitting in that would bring to her as she made her home with the children of Israel as a foreigner. Ruth She's got a book of the Bible named after her, yet she was a foreigner. And the law says, she was a Moabite woman, the law says that Israelites should not marry Moabites. Imagine how she felt. Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, the wise king. Her and David committed adultery together. Matthew and Zacchaeus, were tax collectors and thus deemed outcasts by the Jews because they were seen as tools of the Roman enemy. All of these, all of these were misfits, yet they were used by God. How incredible is that? And we can think maybe God used them despite being a misfit. But actually, when we often when we read the stories, God used them because they were misfits. I find that amazing. Not just despite, but because they were misfits. I want to look just briefly at one woman. And if you've read the Bible or know any of the history of the children of Israel... You will have heard of this woman called Leah. It's quite a sad case, really, when you read it. She was unwanted by her husband, unloved, and deemed not beautiful enough. Genesis 29, I encourage you to go and read it and and read it with the, how would I feel if that was me in that situation? Genesis 29, let me just read a couple of verses. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was lovely in form and beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I will work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. See, Jacob loved Rachel because she was pretty, but Leah had weak eyes. How many of you wear glasses? I've got a... a, go cross-eyed if I look sideways. Something I've always had, I, it's been a problem with my eyesight. This week I got new glasses. I can actually read now, it's quite nice. I can see my phone without... I even needed glasses or a, lo- a longer arm. But, uh, you see, there was no cool glasses, no contact lenses, no corrective laser treatment in those days. And so Leah had this problem and Jacob didn't love her. I'm sure there were other reasons, but it's quite clear she wasn't hot. Rachel was. And they get into this situation where, and it's, it's like a Jerry Springer show. Jacob disguises or hides Leah's identity on her wedding day. And then Jacob, on the morning after, wakes up and he finds himself next to Leah. He'd been tricked and... Imagine the feeling that Leah had when she looked into his eyes and saw the rejection. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine how hurt she knew what she was getting into, but just seeing the man who was her husband, the man that she'd just been intimate with, the man that she was going to be with for the rest of her life, knowing that he didn't love her, the rejection. She even named her children after her disappointment. Again, I want to encourage you to to have a read of that. But you see, Leah named all her children apart from one. And she was referencing her own emotions when she named her children, apart from the last one. She must have understood that God had something significant for her because the last child that she had, she named Praise Judah. It's our boy. You see, the first first three she named about her own emotions, and then somehow she took her eyes off herself and began to place them on God. Here's the point. She didn't fit in. She wasn't loved. But God chose her because she was outside the in-group. God chose her because of that. And her child, her son Judah produced Jesus down the line. How amazing that God chose the misfit, the unloved one, the one that that wasn't hot, the one that wasn't in that circle, the one that just didn't quite fit in, the one that was unloved, and he chose her because she was outside to help her find that place of belonging, a place of family. You see, God takes the misfits and he places them in community. Ephesians 2, 19 to 22 says this, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. You see, God takes the misfits. He brings us together. And he forms a community. A community where we belong. This is a verse that I used last week as well. I just want us to think about this again. Galatians 3:26 to 29, "You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Same family. Same community. In this, Paul is saying that God, Jesus, has reversed the division of mankind. We may not think of it when we look around. Same family, same heritage, same name, same DNA, same rights. This this verse says, I belong here. You belong here. We belong together. Can I read it again in a slightly different way? There is neither anti vaxxer or double vax and boosted. There is neither complementarian or egalitarian. There's neither black or white, Trudeau hater or Trudeau supporter. There's neither gay or straight, conservative or liberal, carnivore or vegetarian, pacifist or warrior. You see, we have separated ourselves. Even in the church, we separate down these lines. All Paul was doing was looking at the lines the church, the Galatian church had separated themselves down. We have separated ourselves, and God is still saying, there's neither or. We are one. Can we be a church where we're all able to say I belong here, one body. Yes, I'm totally different from that person across the row from me. Yes, I hold different political views. But we are one body. And what keeps us together is so much stronger than what separates us. 1 Corinthians 12. This is a a bit of a longer passage, but I do want to read it all. Just as a body, though one, And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts which we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. so that there there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. That's what Danae was talking about this morning. When we pray together, we're in this juxtaposition. I love that word that she used. We honor, we rejoice, yet sometimes at the same time, we mourn, we grieve, and we suffer. I encourage you, go away, read this scripture again, this passage again. Get to understand it. Get it in your spirit. Because the body has been used as a picture of the church. The church, as it formed, the community started with the Holy Spirit. We looked at that last week. Community happened because of the Holy Spirit. He gave those early disciples the power, the ability to be witnesses. He gave them Belonging, In the same way that he used Leah, in her rejectedness, in her misfittedness. I don't think that's a word, but I'm going to use it anyway. He used her. He helped her belong. A community which has Christ at its center, at our center, and the Holy Spirit joining us together. We are a conspiracy, not a conspiracy theory, a conspiracy. Con with spire to breathe. Breathe together. That's what we are. We are a conspiracy. Acts 2, verse 1 says that they were all together in one place, which is so much more than a location. It's a heart connection. We breathe together. We're not even just people that come together and have social relationships on a Sunday. The hangout time. Do you know what I loved last week? Which, oh, it was amazing. The feeling, the the environment was when we were in common ground and we were celebrating the baby dedications. It just felt like this is what it's meant to be. I know that's how we used to be. Don't rush off after a Sunday service. Hang around. Do life together. Get to know people. Bring people in. Because you never know that person that you bring in, that you chat to, might be on their way out the door because no one's talked to them before. I've had that experience. I went to chat with someone many years ago as a youth leader. I found out later, he came up and he said to me, months later, he said, if you hadn't talked to me, I was leaving the church. I'd had enough. No one talked to me. And all I did was say, hey, how are you doing? And brought him into the group that I was with. Now, the problem was that I'd never done it before, but I chose that day to do it. Hang around. Have coffee. Chat to someone. But we're more than that. We're more than just that. There is no life that is not in community, and no community not lived in praise to God. You see, as we form community, our very, the very fact of our relationships actually brings attention and praise to God. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, "'Community is not about good experiences at all, but rather concerns concrete relations And abiding in Christ. He knew something about community, believe me. This passage that we've just read says so much more than we belong together. It actually says that we need each other. Not we can hang out on a Sunday, we can worship together, but we need each other. It says that we fit together. But here's the other thing it says that God has put us together. Do you remember that most of us have probably been to a wedding? And I know we use this in the legal framework of a wedding, but what God has put together, let no man put asunder. Let no person pull it apart. God is building us together. The first church devoted themselves to the word koinonia, fellowship. I'll probably talk a bit more about that next week but it's a huge word, so many different meanings, but fellowship, intimate participation, relationship with each other and with the Holy Spirit. It's a place where I belong. Not not just hanging out together, but giving and drawing life from each other. Is a finger less of a finger when it's detached from its body or more of a finger? Now, in reality, it's still a finger. But as soon as you... I know it's pretty gross, okay, but stay with me. If you deta- Look at your finger. Detach your finger. Immediately, it starts to die. You need to get it sewn back on really quickly for life to happen. It has its freedom. A finger will have its freedom when it's detached from the body. But actually... Its identity and its life comes from that place of connection and place of relationship and belonging. The finger's difference is what helps it fit in. Now take that same finger. No, don't put it up your nose. Imagine it being detached and put it on the side of your head. Well, it doesn't work, does it? But so often, As fingers, we want to be the nose or we want to be attached to the side of the head or the shoulder, maybe where there's a bit more prominence. Its difference is what helps it fit in. A finger by itself may have a freedom, but it's dying and it's lost its purpose. I belong here not because I'm the same as everyone else, but because I can add my difference. Even I can add my misfittedness to this place through the Holy Spirit who brings unity and brings life. See, I fully believe I'm a misfit who belongs in this community. And I know and I have met and I've chatted to many more misfits in this community who belong here. There may be things that you feel like, I don't understand it, or I don't know if I'm, I'm not like everyone else. Well, that's because you're not. You're a finger. And you're meant to be attached to the body. You're not an ear. If the whole body were an ear, where would the sight be? Where would you be able to touch? I'm a misfit that belongs in this community and god took leah the unloved one the unwanted one the rejected one and gave her a place of belonging and purpose in that family he wants to do the same for you there are some of you here that fit you are here you fit in this place you just feel like you don't it's okay don't make, don't respond, don't make decisions because of the feeling. Respond and make decisions because of the, truth of the truth of God. And the truth of God is that passage that we just read together. If ever you feel, I don't fit, I'm speaking to myself now, okay? When I feel I don't fit, I need to remind myself, go back to this passage of Scripture. Go back to what 1 Corinthians says. God wants to do the same for you. Leah found her place of belonging. I belong to it. I'm actually important in this community. I'm part of the whole. It belongs to me. What hurts the community hurts me. There's something bigger than my needs. I am part of a whole. I get my identity from what I'm part of, which is way bigger than me. This community is important to me. You see, when, when we're part of something, our language changes. see, when you look at the English language, you can see that we have been conquered by many different nations. Not lately. We have Latin. We have German in our language. We have Scandinavian in our language. And our language shows what we've been conquered by. It shows what we're part of. Now, I'm not using this in terms of you know, submitting to and being beaten into submission by, but when you are part of circle, your language will change from the church that I go to to my church. And I ask you, are you casually dating this community or have you formed a covenantal relationship? Membership is one of the ways. It's just one of the ways. It's not the only way. But membership is one of the ways of forming that covenantal relationship with the community. We're not a social club. We're not just people that meet together. We're a community that comes together with Jesus Christ at our center. We're not just here to meet your needs. We need to, that's, that's a tough one at times. We're, we're definitely not here to meet your preferences or mine. There are many things that are not my preferences. When we become part of the body, we gain our identity from it. We have purpose from it. But then we begin to meet the needs of the wider community around us. Do you know what the biggest need of Stonebridge, of Saskatoon, of Saskatchewan is? It's not lower gas prices, although that would be so good. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus. Some of you need to keep hearing this. It is Jesus. Yes, we meet other needs, but it is Jesus. Your neighbor needs Jesus. Your classmate needs Jesus. Your colleague at work that's going through a divorce needs Jesus. That's the greatest need. Everything else is a symptom of that deeper need. Where are they going to find that? They're going to find it through you. But not just you. You're not alone in this. You are part of a community. And when you struggle, we come together on a Sunday or our circle groups and we talk about that. We have the language of belonging, my church. We have the language of of responsibility. How can I help? What can I contribute? See here, we welcome home the misfits. Why? Because we're all misfits. We are. We are all misfits. Bring your difference. Bring your brokenness. Jesus is fitting you, fitting me, in as his living stones. With him, the cornerstone, we are built from him. We're not off on this thing by ourselves. He's building his house with the unqualified, the unworthy, and the unaccepted. This place is for misfits. I belong here you belong here we belong here and here's the amazing thing that i love dave david if you could come back and just start playing that would be great this is the most amazing thing and i love this so much god belongs here have you thought about that jesus belongs here making his home in this place. Jesus, the ultimate misfit, the ultimate, the stone that the builders rejected. Let me read Ephesians 2 again. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, in him, the whole building is joined together. We're not aligned by our politics. In fact, we've probably never been more divided by our politics, by our response to the pandemic. But in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a home, a dwelling place, a place of belonging in which God lives by his Spirit. I don't know how you've been feeling here. I want to say it over and over again. I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but you belong here. You belong here. Why? because Jesus is building us into a body that's fit for his home. Maybe there's people in this room that have felt so disconnected, so full of anxiety, so full of fear that every decision you make is a response to that. Every decision, everything you hear, even what what I've been saying today, maybe even what Danae and Dee have been saying on the platform everything that you hear is through the lens of being a misfit, being rejected you are not will we have differences of opinion? yes will we mess up? yes but Jesus is here we have community in him Father God Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. God, you see our brokenness. God, you see the way that we've responded to each other at times, which has been totally inappropriate. And that's why your word talks about forgiveness so much. God, you still choose to use us, to build us. To take the very things that we believe disqualify us. And you use us because of that. I pray for those that may be ready to walk away. God, I pray that you would draw them first to yourself and then to us. I belong here. You belong here. We belong here. We're your house. Thank you, Jesus.